Dan Dickow here, Gonzaga Nation SI, the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, uh, the off-season carousel of coaching moves, players into the transfer portal, players declaring for the NBA draft, and players redeclaring their love for their certain schools is in full swing. Um, will be an interesting week. I'll have a number of different podcast releases on different topics. Uh, I will have one later on the coaching carousel and kind of how that impacts the the NIL and the player uh, movement in the portal. There will be another one in the transfer portal uh, in regards to players that Gonzaga might be focused in on or uh, players that might be of note based on WCC connections and or Pacific Northwest ties. But today I'm going to focus on the news that we all felt was coming. We all felt was uh, going to happen. And that is Julian Strother declaring for the NBA draft. Did it a season ago. Um, went to the NBA pre-draft combine in Chicago, which is essentially where um, there's two different combines that happen. One is the G League combine shortly before the NBA combine, maybe a week, 10 days before, uh, where essentially um, players that front office executives after they're pulled by the league office says, you know what, they're they're not quite a true NBA prospect at this time, but maybe with some seasoning, maybe with uh, the right coaching, uh, they could get there. So we want a closer look at them. It might be they might be a complete sharpshooter, uh, but they want to test their athletic ability. The fact might be they might be an unbelievable athlete, but there's question marks about their ball handling. Or maybe, you know, they want to see them with decision-making uh, situations in live five-on-five settings or how they react in skill work or in a interview process because those are things that all happen at the NBA Combine as well as the G League Combine as you get a really in-depth and in close look at all these players. Um, but Julian Strother, again, last year went through the process in the NBA pre-draft and he tested unbelievably well. Um, he was in the top couple um, for wings with their speed and agility. Um, and he tested really well in, in all the, the, the shooting drills. Uh, so the shooting markers, the shooting uh, drills that they put him through, uh, he, he repped out really well. Um, I don't believe I'd have to go back and look at it. I don't believe he um, repped out or tested extremely high on the strength category or on the vertical leap testing, which, um, you know, those are two, in my estimation, those are two blown out of proportion uh, athletic markers that are used. I think the speed lane and agility is a tremendous one. Um, and, and then there's a couple others that some other teams do that are unique in regards to hand-eye coordination, hand-eye quickness, hand dexterity. Uh, you know, those are, are tremendous markers of uh, athleticism, not just your overall force that you can create in a bench press uh, repetition competition or a standing vertical leap or a one jump vertical leap. Uh, so many people these days with athletics get tied into those as your markers where that's not necessarily the case. Because if you were to look at Steph Curry coming out of uh, college all these years ago, he wouldn't have tested great on the bench press test. He wouldn't have tested great on the uh, vertical leap test. Neither would a Drew Timmy, but their hand-eye coordination, their dexterity, their spatial recognition, um, and their ability to, to control uh, their body in small, fine movements in a confined space with pressure, whether it's uh, 
physical contact, whether it's uh, visual impairment coming with a defender is off the charts. And it's some things that, you know, you don't test unbelievably well, but you can, when you see it, uh, it definitely can be an outlier in somebody's decision-making process, whether they like a player or don't like a player. But back to Julian Strother and what it means. Last year, he declared, took until the last day alongside Roger Bolton and Drew Timmy uh, to announce that he's coming back. Uh, so you kind of figured and felt that that was going to be the case this year, that he would declare for the draft. Um, so he's declared, I don't think he's coming back this year. And the reason being is some players, you can just tell when they want to be in the NBA, um, especially when they're, you know, on the, on the doorstep, like he was a season ago. Now the question becomes, did Julian Strother do enough throughout the course of the year to change some of these front office evaluators' minds about him and his game, have others enhance their game or come out of nowhere um, to improve their stock in the eyes of these evaluators above and beyond what Julian Strother has done. So last year, a lot of the talk about Strother was he was probably a second round pick, maybe go undrafted. Um, so he made the right decision to come back. Now, kind of what we're hearing, and, and we had an article on Gonzaga Nation SI a couple of weeks back during the tournament of some anonymous front office executives giving uh, their evals on Drew Timmy as well as Julian Strother. I, I think he's clearly going to get drafted. Now the question is, can he move up from that early second round draft pick to becoming a solidified first round draft pick? And that's the big question mark for so many players is if you're a first round draft pick, you get guaranteed money. If you're a second, uh, you don't have to get a, you don't even have to get a contract offered by the team. Now, if they really like you, such as the case with Andrew Nemhart uh, last offseason, where he signed the largest second round draft pick contract in history, um, maybe it is better to be a second round pick than a first round pick. It's kind of apples to oranges at that point. But with that being said, for Julian Strother, I do think he's a early second round pick. And if he produces well in that NBA combine, I think he could definitely move up uh, into that first round. I, I think from what I've seen with uh, some pre-draft um, boards, as well as just having seen a lot of college basketball throughout this year, I, I do think he could be a first, first round pick. I think his ceiling is probably, you know, around the 20 mark. Um, that being said, if, if, if he goes and, and performs well, it would be awesome to see another zag move up uh, into the top half of that first round. But, you know, I think one of the things that if he were to come back, and I don't think he is, would, is going to, if he were to come back, you know, I personally feel, and I've talked to a number of front office evaluators that feel the same way is, you know, many times the difference between being a great pro and a good pro is the responsibility and the ability to perform night in and night out when the responsibility of a win or a loss is placed on your shoulders. Julian Strother hasn't had that yet. It's been on uh, Jalen Suggs, Andrew Nemhart, and through Timmy throughout the course of his career. And I, I've always felt like if, if you have that responsibility to perform night in and night out, be the number one target of a defense's scouting report to slow you down, shut you down, you can still perform. That is something that front offices want to see. Now, your game might change once it gets to the NBA, but they know you can be reliable. They know what they can count on night in and night out. And I think that's a big, uh, big thing in, in a lot of evaluators' eyes, and it would be in mine. Um, but I think when you look at his overall skill set, 
it's tailored really well for the NBA. He can shoot it and shoot it from deep. He's got good length. Uh, he's a tremendous rebounder. Uh, those are all things that are going to help. I think the question marks for me in my eyes is can he handle it well enough uh, to initiate offense, even though he doesn't have to be a primary facilitator. But by initiating offense, what I mean is balls thrown ahead. Can he run a pick and roll where he makes the right play and the right read? Um, he got a little better that over the course of the last year and a half or so at Gonzaga, but he wasn't in that situation a ton. Um, can he do it to be able to where he can keep the defense honest from the pick and roll? Can he make the pocket pass? Can he make the hook pass, the skip pass uh, to the opposite side? Can he hit the roll guy? Can he hit the fill guy? Can he hit the shake guy behind a pick and roll? All those kind of reads he's got to be able to make as well as figure out, hey, if the defense is playing me, can I get downhill, turn the corner and finish? Or is it a jump shot behind? Or is it force the switch into an isolation against a big where I might have an advantage? So all things that he's got to be able to prove out uh, in in facilitating type situations in a pick and roll. The other area I think he's got to improve upon, and I think he's a good athlete, um, but I don't remember seeing him finish through contact very well this year. Didn't get to the free throw line a ton. I don't remember uh, more than a, a couple dunks where it would have been on or kind of through somebody. Um, so I think his finishing ability at the rim um, for his size being six, seven, six, eight is something that front offices are going to want to see uh, because he, I, I think he's, ex he's athletic, but I wouldn't call him explosive athletic. So that's something that they're going to want to see. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he's an NBA talent. I think he's proven it. Uh, I think at, at the worst, he's a second round pick, probably first part of that second round. Uh, but I could definitely see him moving into that first round. And as a former Zag, I'm pulling for him. So uh, congratulations to Julian Strother for being in that position. Best of luck getting yourself ready for the pre-draft combine. And uh, it's going to be a fun process to watch him get ready for the NBA draft and see where he may fall. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, thanks for listening.